And I get that question in two different ways. I get it kind of in the desperate sense from the brand new instructor who's just feeling overwhelmed. But then I also get it in the slightly frustrated sense from the veteran instructor who wants to integrate information, but thinks I have all these rock star playlists and what am I going to do with them now? Useless. This is Amy, the Senior Group Fitness Instructor at the Indoor Cycle Instructor Podcast. Are you looking for a spark of inspiration to bring to your next class? Find us at IndoorCycleInstructor.com. Hi and welcome to another episode of the Indoor Cycle Instructor Podcast. John McGowan here as always. My email, john at IndoorCycleInstructor.com. If you are listening to this and think, wow, you know what? I'd love to hear John talk about X, Y, or Z. Shoot me an email. Let me know. Or maybe you have a new product or service that our massive audience of indoor cycling instructors may want to hear about. By all means, john at indoorcycleinstructor.com. It's been a little while, but I'd like to uh, welcome back Dante Hector, Stages Indoor Cycling Master Trainer. How are you? Fantastic. Thank you so much for having me again, John. It has been a while. It has, and I've missed not hearing that very authoritative voice of yours. <laughs> Actually, a joke related. You know, I was in, I was in a training this pre- previous weekend, and somebody asks me what the name of a guy in the room was, and I go, oh, he's Doug. And everybody's like, oh, Doug, could you come over here? And he looks up, and he goes, sorry, man, my name's Drew. I was like, wow. <laughs> well, be wrong out loud, guys. Just commit to it. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Don't don't hedge it. Just be, yeah. Yeah, exactly. No, people appreciate that. So tell me, um, how long have you been with Stages? So I actually came on with Stages in, around this time in 2012. Um, I did my first presentation in March of 2012 with them out in California. So you're now a veteran. Oh, I guess you could call it veteran. I, I'm still actively looking for how I can do this better, how I can deliver this information more effectively. But I do have enough experience now that I know when I'm doing it really badly. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's a start, I guess. Awesome. Hey, where, if someone upgraded or opened a new studio with free motion indoor cycles, where, where is kind of your service territory where they would have you as their uh, initial training? or provide their initial training? I have the advantage that I go just about anywhere. But primarily, I have been um, lower Midwest, Southwest, and then West Coast when we don't have someone else out there. So if you're talking about Texas especially, I'm definitely your guy. Uh, Nobody else. Well, that's a big place all by itself. Right. So if you're, you know, Dallas area, Houston area, or somewhere more fringe, please let us know, and I'm happy to come on out. But I've also hit Colorado... Iowa, Nebraska, and been both Central and Southern California. What prompted this is that you contacted me, and you're developing some experience. You know, we're still in this transition stage where a lot of studios and instructors are going from, you know, the plain Jane indoor cycle to those with power, and you're getting a lot of interesting uh, feedback or understanding from your instructors as you're training them. Definitely. and what you uh, were kind of prompted me about was understanding the disconnect between power and metrics and a playlist. Did I explain that well? Yes, yes. Um, helping people bridge the connection between here's all this cool stuff you can do with the bike, and yeah, your music still has to be awesome, 
but awesome varies depending on your goal. Well, first I want to ask you because, you know, I talked to Jay Blonick with Schwinn about this and I think Cameron and I, or Cameron, Doug and I, Doug Rushell and Cameron and yeah. I talked about this as well Is is this, this initial acceptance rejection period early on, you know, what are you experiencing? So you're talking like the instructor. Oh, I'm sorry. To... Let me say <laughs> my more specific, the, the, the acceptance of adding metrics now power oh, yeah. into your classes, you know, what are, what are you experiencing? I think that I'm seeing, you know, in a group of 10 people, I'm seeing seven people say, oh, this is really awesome, but I'm not totally sure what to do with it. And so they're, they're willing and they're open to it, but maybe there's still a step being, being missed. And then I'm seeing three out of 10 making a face. They're never saying it out loud, but making a face that goes, I don't want all this new stuff. I, I, I want to keep doing what I've been doing. I'm glad that these are awesome, but I don't care. <laughs> and that can be hard. That can be hard to reach. You know, it's interesting. I had a conversation yesterday with Karen Kassler from CB Cycle Barn, who's one yeah. of the installs. Yeah, she, just she's just awesome. And, you know, what we were talking about was doing some follow-up. We got some more things for her and I to discuss. But she was expressing to me that the same thing. You know, some people are just dyed in the wool. This is what we do. <laughs> and, and I'm not going to do any different. And yet, and she's, and she's, and she has, and you're also explaining that there's some that are just completely open to something new. And what her response to that is, well, I had both, you know, create a, you know, a, a diversity of classes. Yeah. So some of them are way out on the near party on the bike side. Others are very, very cycling specific and, and just provide it for everybody. That I like, and I think that works well. The last training that I did, I was out in Boulder and the conversations that I had a chance to have with the instructors that were there kind of came across that way that I had two or three people that said, yeah, I've been waiting for a chance to do this. I'm glad I know how to do it now. And this is what I'm going to do tomorrow. And I had the small group that was like, well, I think we'll use the clock. And then that might be enough. <laughs> clock. <laughs> the countdown timer, hit the stage yeah, button. So yeah. you know how long your interval is. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, to me, as long as you know, they're not doing anything that's dangerous for themselves and they're enjoying, you know, teaching and their students are enjoying their class, then it's working. You know, we're just, I think that the whole philosophy of everyone who's trying to bring this data to indoor cycling is that if we can just get people comfortable with it in front of them, we can very gradually increase um, their acceptance of more complex ideas. Exactly. And I think that is, and that's what we're going to talk about it, but that as soon as you started to describe it to me, I, that's what I'm seeing is that, you know, the perception, especially from the instructor side is that, oh my gosh, I got to do all of this. Yeah. I'm like, how am I going to do all of this and then do the music? Right. <laughs> and when am and, I going to have and, the time for this? This is a part-time job. <laughs> right. Okay. So you've got some ideas on, uh, well, you were starting to tell me a story about the questions that you're getting. Oh yes. That, that express this disconnect between metrics and music. So this is, this is kind of an aggregate story. It's not any one instance. And I would just finish the segment of here is the many different things you can use power and heart rate and distance and speed data for in a class context. We've just come off the bikes um, doing a little observation ride where I have people. Uh, my typical example is I have people doing four three-minute intervals, and I want them to go a tenth of a mile farther each time. 
And at the end of the ride, I give him the quick summary. I was like, well, you didn't watch me ride. You weren't concerned with what I was doing at the front. You weren't looking around to see what anyone else was doing. You had your carrot and you were chasing it the whole time. And you had a fantastic time, but I didn't have to do that much. And so I finished that part and someone looks up at me and says, oh, that's really cool. And I like that I can do this and have them watch this and we can monitor this and do this. And then they raise their hand again about two minutes later because I can tell that they haven't been listening to whatever I've been saying since then. They go, but, but, what, but, but how do I pick music to play? You know, If I now have all these different goals and all these different things and you keep saying that I have to start with planning the objective and the method that I accomplish these different things in class, where's my playlist go? And I get that question in two different ways. I get it kind of in the desperate sense from the brand new instructor who's just feeling overwhelmed. But then I also get it in the slightly frustrated sense from the veteran instructor who wants to integrate information, but thinks I have all these rock star playlists and what am I going to do with them now? Useless. And so a big part of my goal or what ends up happening for the next hour is trying to describe how these objectives and this information are the cake. And, and everybody loves cake, right? But the playlists and the lights and your delivery as an instructor are the icing. And that me personally, I don't like my cake without icing. Both are essential, but that the icing can't be the only thing there. And, and I still wonder sometimes if I'm doing this well, but I try to make it, it helps them acknowledge that I'm not saying the music isn't essential. In fact, it's probably the most essential for the user side, but for the long-term results that people are ultimately paying us for, we build in all these other things into class. And so one of the considerations that I've tried to present to people, especially to veteran instructors, is take whatever your most well-received ride has been so far, which means that you're taking the music setup that you had chosen already, something that you knew worked, and then assign some data to be managed to it. And that's like step one for a lot of instructors. Take you know, that rock star playlist that you're really proud of, that your participants love, and then just pay attention to any piece of information while you ride to it. And for some of, you know, I talked about seven out of 10, for some of the veteran instructors, that works really well. It gets them to take the smallest thing into class the next day that's new so that everyone can get comfortable with it together. You know, I get the impression that some people are thinking, how am I going to fit this in? Yes. Is that kind of what you're describing? You know, I've already got this class. It's full. <laughs> yes. And, and, yet, and, and now I have to add all this other stuff. And are they thinking then that, well, I have to take something out? That, that seems to be the impression. That it, I think that some of the instructors that I end up presenting to, and it might just be how I'm delivering it, think that I'm saying okay, scrap your music, scrap your personality, ditch all the reasons that people love you as an instructor, and just do this. Numbers, 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 you know? And that's not the goal. That's not the objective. You know, because I try to, you know, I've had a lot of experience teaching on your bike. Hey, you know what? I didn't even mention it, is we have a perfectly silent class now. Oh. Yes, it's in it. Tell because. Me more. Well, you know, we were the first install at Lifetime Fitness with your S11.9s. Uh-huh. And that's primarily because I teach on Thursday night in the same studio that Brahma Karate, the CEO of Lifetime Fitness, uh-huh. teaches on Tuesday night. So we get something special. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the only complaint I've really had with 
the free motion bike is that they tend to be a little louder than others. Right. Well, you made an upgrade uh, over the past six months or so about this new carbon drive uh, belt system. Absolutely. And understanding that we always have the best in our <laughs> studio at the Lifetime Athletic in Eden Prairie, we got last Tuesday a whole new room 60 carbon drive and it's crazy how the difference how quiet it is in there it's almost and alarming the first time you ride well you, yeah it's like when you turn on a video and the audio's busted yes <laughs> like, what wait wait it's missing this but what's really cool is and i've added this new cue is that i'll tell them now that we have these quiet bikes i can hear you suffering <laughs> Because you can, you can turn the music down and all you hear is breathing and it is the most awesome thing. But anyways, I, I digress, forgive me. The, uh, so what is the solution then that you're offering to these instructors, either new or experienced? So two different solutions. I have the first one for the experienced instructor. All right. So if you have your all time favorite playlist and you say you use it every five or six classes, I want you to pick one song. And in that one song, and it's usually the faster up-tempo sprint thing or it's the climbing thing, take that one song and have them track, let's say, distance in, in miles and tenths of miles. And then the next time that you use that exact same playlist, focus on just that one song and, hey, if you remember what you did last time, can you improve on it by two-tenths? And that's it. Don't do anything else. Right. So you're adding just a, th a thin slice. We were talking about the book Blink, if Somebody hasn't heard it, but where they talk about taking very small segments of something, an activity, and look and seek to improve those. And yes. so, and it helps prevent the overwhelm. The, the folks that I've said that to, and I've repeated it throughout the day, that has made them so much more comfortable with having all this information from. Oh, I Got only it. have to do this for four minutes out of my class. And the rest of the time I can do what I've done. Great. Awesome. By yeah, contract. That's a that's a great idea. Well, how come we've never talked about that before? How come Cameron never came up with that <laughs> as an idea? I don't know. I don't know. I think oh. that I came up with that as a result of talking to Cameron. I was feeling overwhelmed as the presenter before I think my second or third eight hour training. And she says, Look, just find one thing that you know you do really well. Just keep coming back to that one thing. I was like, Absolutely. I can do that. And I think that it gives you that same kind of confidence as an instructor to say, okay, just four minutes, I play with this new thing. The rest of the time, it's not going to stress me out. It's not going to disturb the way that I teach just four minutes. Got it. And I also have to add, speaking of Cameron, it is uh, February 7th and she's supposed to have a baby today, isn't so she? Soon. So <laughs> soon. So <laughs> soon. I, uh, I tried to have a, I, I had a conversation with her via text before I presented out in Boulder and we were just talking about all these different follow-up things. And I was like, wait, shouldn't you be at a hospital? And she goes, hopefully soon. And then we just Got moved it. on. She's fresh up. Well, we'll look forward to uh, the new addition to uh, Stages Indoor Cycling. Oh, we're all excited. We are waiting. Oh, I can imagine. <laughs> all right. Okay, well, Dante, where are you going to be next? I will be in Olathe, Kansas, um, out near Kansas City, making my next presentation. And I'm going to try to continue refining this exact stuff that we're talking about. Um, how to, because that ultimately I think is what the instructors want to know. After we've covered the, 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 the bones, the, 
you know, the wrenches and the nuts and the nails of how to use the data, they're like, well, how do I make a class out of it? And one part of that, I mean, just to continue putting it out there, the 30 day breakdown, that's part of the follow up to our eight hour courses really does dig into this pretty thoroughly. But I'm a big believer. um, When I go to a workshop, I want to know what am I doing tomorrow to be that little bit more effective. And that's what I'm hoping to present when I'm out in Kansas City. Okay. And then how about Ursa? Are you going to be out there? I don't think that I'll be there this year just because I didn't plan for it. That's on me. But I've set it as a goal um, to make next year's and to definitely soak it all up and hopefully eventually continue to bring this kind of information to that group. You know, the, the Ursa group especially is always hungry for how to do things bigger, better, faster. And I think that we've got something there. Well, Dante Hector, Stages Indoor Cycling Master Trainer. You know, I appreciate all this. I think, uh, I think those that are feeling that sense of overwhelm, if they just look at that one small segment, teach it here, and then I think that will tend to empower people. I think it gives you room also to make mistakes and not be so hard on yourself when they happen. If the four minutes is a little bit of a flop, okay, you know that. Now you can try something different. Uh, instead of throw the whole kitchen sink at them and see what sticks. Awesome. Well, again, Dante, appreciate your time today. All right. Well, John, thank you for having me. For all the new instructors out there, don't sweat it too much. People love indoor cycling. So just try something, and if it works, they'll love you for it. 